yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochrecha nach vetoch ara igornamyan on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler. Now, you know that Elon Musk has Tesla. You know that he's involved in SpaceX. You probably know that he's involved in X, the company formerly known as Twitter. But did you know that his latest exploits involve a company called Neuralink, which has successfully implanted its first brain-computer interface? Yes, literally a chip into somebody's brain in the last few days. Well, Andrew Griffin is on the line. He's a technology editor at the London Independent. Andrew, you've been following this story. Can you explain to us in simple terms what it is that uh, that Elon Musk and Neuralink have done? Yes, absolutely. I can, I can explain sort of as much as we know or something like it, because this is absolutely shrouded in, in secrecy, as it has been since 2016, mm. when, it, when it all kicked off. But... but um, the idea, in the most kind of general terms, is to attach a chip into somebody's brain and hopefully be able to read um, the electrical uh, energy inside there and, and try and understand what's what's going on with a, with a view to initially helping people out who have, might have problems with movement. So you can you know use use it to control a prosthetic limb or or a computer. Um, but eventually, he has grand plans of this being a way to connect your brain to artificial intelligence and all that sort of thing. I mean, it wouldn't be Elon Musk if he didn't have that kind of futuristic <laughs> thing in mind. But the actual chip itself, I think I've seen pictures or renditions of it. I, I think they have shown uh, pictures of it. And it's like a little, yeah. uh, is it a, like a little disc with a, a kind of like little strings coming out of it, little threads? Yes, that's right. I'm not sure we've seen the one that's actually going into people's heads. But yes, it's a kind of, uh, I'd say, uh, inch inch wide little circle, and then mm. the threads actually are, are sewn into your your brain, and, and slightly terrifying. Sewn into your <laughs> brain, <laughs> and of all of the companies who I might or might not trust to allow to do this, I'm not sure if one of Elon Musk's companies uh, is. Although we should uh, acknowledge that he did get clearance, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. After a, a, a host of 
controversies, including um, some question over how he's treating the monkeys um, mm. that are being used in some of the previous experiments. Yes, um, the authorities in the US have, have allowed him to do this. So he's presumably made at least a good argument. And of course, I mean, it's, you know, it's important to remember um, he... I think people are often worried as well about SpaceX, but you know he has managed to get people to the International Space Station and all that sort of thing. Oh no, yeah, for sure, uh, for sure. I mean, yeah, you you wouldn't want to take that away from him. It, what he's done with SpaceX is, you know, is kind of something of a miracle. You mentioned the monkeys there. There was some discussion or debate over these test monkeys that Neuralink mm. were using, and I think it the the debate was over whether the monkeys who did pass away after uh, being experimented on, whether it was related to those experiments, wasn't it? Was, was that how that ended? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, Neuralink argues that they were already ill and that's why they were being mm. used, whereas I think some of the critics have said uh, that's maybe not quite so clear, yeah. And, and we should probably be clear that this person into whose brain the Neuralink chip has gone. They're a volunteer, right? Yeah, in classic kind of Elon Musk style, he tweeted out a invitation to people uh, with quadriplegia and tetraplegia saying, do you want to take part in this? And he could sign up on mm. a kind of consumer-facing normal website to, to volunteer. We don't know anything else about them, uh, which is probably for the best. Oh, so do we think that they themselves might be uh, quadriplegic or tetraplegic? That was the terms under which mm. they were recruiting people. So that'd be my guess, yeah. And from the kind of experts I've spoken to, that's, that's really the useful thing at the moment giving people control over, um, I think in the first instance, it's going to be like letting people control a device rather than a you know, physical limb or something. It's, you know, moving a mouse around on a screen, that sort of stuff. You mentioned that Elon is f- fond of his his Twitter call-outs and his polls. Wouldn't it be interesting if he did a poll to determine what should I do with this person next? What should I make them do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... It, it, it sounds silly, but he's done much. <laughs> some things are silly, I'm sure. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we woke up and he'd, <laughs> yeah, he'd done I, exactly that. And to go back to what this is about and what it could be used for. So if we start with the medical applications, so we've mentioned quadriplegics, for example. We have seen examples before, I think, where similar kind of technology interfaces that use electrical impulses um, from some part of your body are used to actually physically control and move uh, machines, prosthetics, haven't we? We've seen st- stuff like that yeah, before. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And, and also, I mean, one of the, the kind of big uh, previous news from Neuralink was when they had a monkey playing Pong, mm. uh, again, using one of these um, implants. And, and that had also been done before. So while this is very much at the cutting edge, um, I don't think Neuralink is made any you know any claim to anything that hasn't been successfully mm. tried elsewhere i kind of wonder what his long-term goal really is I, i've seen him talk in vague terms about fusing humans with computers and you know, throw artificial intelligence in there and i'm wondering yeah. is he coming at this from a fearful defensive perspective like wondering how it is the humans will survive in an era of ai and this is a way to do it or whether he's actually excited about some of the potential applications. Like if you or I had the ability to have a safe, fully functioning chip into our brains, 
would it appeal? I'm I'm asking that question of myself, even if, as I speak out loud. You know. Yeah, it is a really difficult, but maybe soon to be an important one, right? Mm. Um, and and I suppose would it appeal? You know, coming from Elon Musk, who you know, as we've talked about, is both somebody who has made great strides in technology, but also has not always done them in the let's say most responsible mm. or, or sensible way. Um, it's going to be an awful lot of trust to put into any company. Mm. Um, to let them attach straight into your brain, and I don't think the world's view of technology companies is so is so rosy at the moment that they necessarily want people literally hurtling mm. around in their head. Which, so let me ask you straight: if if this was an actual um, verified safe consumer product, would you be tempted? Yeah, you know the thing for me. I've been thinking about this since it happened, and I think I'm not so scared about what this appears to be with signals going from your brain out into the world to control something, either a you know, physical device or a computer or something like that. That doesn't feel so scary. I think the, the bit mm. that terrifies me and the bit I'd definitely say no to at the moment is the idea of things coming from outside into your head. Mm. That's obviously a lot more of a sci-fi idea, and, and, but I think it's a lot more intimate in a way, right? Um, the idea that you wouldn't know whether information was actually your own or, or had been downloaded to you by... Oh, wow. Like implanted memories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you're, yeah, you're opening up a vista there of, uh, you know, like in the Matrix, for example, when Neo mm -hmm. needs to you know, know how to fight using kung fu, he literally sits in the chair. They plug something to the back of his head, and within ten seconds, his eyes uh, open, and he looks into the camera yeah. and says, "I know kung fu." Yeah, yeah, exactly that sort of thing. And I mean. It's, you know, not to be too philosophical about it, but you start to think, what would that actually feel like to, you know, have an ability downloaded into your body? You know, if mm. you, would you really be able to just straight away be able to control your limbs in, in a way that you hadn't before and all that sort of thing? Um, I say this, it's, it, it gets quite philosophical very quickly, but I think it's also important stuff to think about when we're letting these devices be, you know, in mm. what's arguably the most intimate, in, intimate relationship we have, but the one with our own mind, as it were. It's almost, the idea there is almost like taking a drug. In fact, this whole thing is almost like taking a drug because it's really trying to stimulate your brain or allow your mm. brain to stimulate something in a way that um, in the normal course of things wouldn't be possible. That's not to diminish the very real, and by the way, quite laudable aims of helping people with uh, you know significant disabilities or, or quadriplegics to to gain control mm. of of limbs but it, it, this idea of yeah we're talking about neuralink as a one way thing from my brain to control something else but the specter you're raising is the other way of something else some mm. other stimulus coming in to to stimulate my brain yeah and i have to confess i don't know enough about the neuroscience here to know you know how the, I, I can only presume that coming in is a lot harder mm. um, to actually build, um, and, and and we're probably a long way from it. But because when you get into this discussion, you start to think: Does that mean that if I'm sad one day, that I can hit a button and it can make me happy? Because happiness obviously is is not necessarily just about you know it's a complex thing. Can it help with? Depression, and this is not to trivialize mental health, by the way, so I won't go down too far down that road. But, um, you know, if, if we're talking about external stimuli that actually makes a biological difference to your to your 
to your brain. You're getting into chemistry there, and that is there's an awful lot mixed in 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 terms of how we feel every day. Yeah, I think um, we mentioned the Matrix. I think another good film to think about is you know um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, where he's mm. having bad memories deleted. Uh, you know, you can mm. you can easily imagine that you could do something of the same thing, delete traumatic memories, all that sort of stuff, um, which, you know, as you say, could be tremendously important um, mm. and, and very helpful to people. But I do think we're so much at the edge of, um, you know, what we know. And I say it's like, it's the re- real fundamentals of what it is to be a human, right? And yeah. It feels like we're coming up against that a lot with text of recently, you know, with AI mm. as well, this kind of... Big, what what previously felt like quite abstract philosophical questions like you know what is intelligence what what does it mean to think the questions more I'd say for sort of the you know philosophy or teaching room or, or maybe I will, you know what I quite like dorms, but yeah I quite like that we are being presented with these questions though because it does get back to the fundamentals of what we're doing what we're inventing. Um, how do these things interact with our lives? One of the limiting things, but also one of the fun things about talking about Neuralink is we really don't know the scope of uh, what the the runway is here or what the product innovation path. And so that the things that we have been talking about are not outlandish. They are actually very, very possible. And I suppose if you take a guy like Elon Musk, he's one of the few people in the world for all of the the knocks that we send his way. And this podcast has certainly sent a few knocks his way. Um, He's one of the few guys in the world who you would say has the imagination and the drive to try and realize uh, some of that futuristic stuff. Yeah, 100%. I think it's worth thinking about like in relation to SpaceX a bit because, you know, he also has these vast ideas that behind SpaceX about, Mm. you know, making life interplanetary and going to Mars and all that sort of stuff. They can feel, again, quite abstract and a long way off. Um, but he sort of uses those ideas to kind of uh, energize the more immediate things about how to actually make a rocket and how to get off Earth and all that sort of thing. Um, and, and and so I think you really have to hold both those things in mind at the same time, don't you? The, mm. the, the very immediate uses that might not be quite so ambitious, but then they're really, at least when it comes to Elon Musk, powering ahead towards a future that he seems very keen on giving to us all sometimes whether we like it or not you know on in this podcast you and i have i think cautiously positively discussed this and with a degree of imagination and maybe even a little bit of excitement obviously there's trepidation there and there's a dystopian element as well how do you think neuralink in general and musk's plans for neuralink how do you think they've been received by the wider world from your read of it has has the reception been more positive, neutral, negative, dystopian, excited? What's your read? Yeah, I, I think it's hard to say in part because of another Elon Musk venture, which is to say Twitter. Um, previously, we would have had a good read on how these things are going. Now, you ha- he, he will do a tweet about it. And because of the way that Twitter's built now, you've got all these kind of fanboys uh, in reply saying, please, please put, put one in me. <laughs> um, oh my God, so is there, there anything there, there as humiliating definitely. or as cringy? <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't imagine liking someone so much that you want them to sew a, a chip into your head, but um, <laughs> fair play to them, I suppose. Um, I think more generally, I imagine it's probably, I think we're probably pretty representative, right? There's a kind of, uh, concurrent excitement and terror, um, which again feels like the way 
that feels like attitude towards so much tech these days, right? It's both thrilling and terrifying um, all at once. And I think that's mm. probably how people come into this. Mm. Look, I guess we shall see in time. I, I'm looking forward to the latest update. I hope the person into whom the chip has gone is uh, doing fine. I trust that they are, uh, particularly with the uh, backing of US authorities for that testing. So let's see how it goes. But Andrew Griffin, technology editor at The Independent in the UK, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. On the, uh, on the Big Tech Show. Uh, Rory Bones was on sound and JJ Clark produced this podcast. I'm Adrian Weckler and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel, 